Hi, welcome to the Xbox World podcast. Um, we hope you're well. Uh, and uh, it's very, very rainy outside at the moment, so I hope it's uh, much, much sunnier where, where you are at the end of the week. Uh, we're recording this on a Tuesday, so um, that is Halo Tuesday. So we're going to be talking a bit about Halo today, but first of all, I'm going to say who's with me, and we've got... Oh, just you, Matt. Hi. Uh, Mike is off... Um, I think he's burying a body, I think. I th- was that not why he was off last week, that urgent day on deadline that yeah, he had Yeah, I think he accidentally left the dismembered arm in his flat. Oh, okay. Yeah. But he had yesterday off as well. Yeah, I think it was a fresh body yesterday. Fair enough. Yeah, it's going... Probably in... You know, popping in a wall cavity, something like that. Anyway, um... We're going to chat a little bit about Halo first of all, Matt, which is which is out today. We we'll, would have been out a couple of days by the time uh, everybody yep. out there listens to this, and um, pretty exciting times. Apparently, over a million play, a million uh, games of Halo Reach already online. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. That's that's a lot of games. Um, yeah, well, Mike Mike would be the best man for this because he reviewed it for us, uh, which he is did. a shame he's not here. But I've, I've played it a bit. I played half of it, and we started it now again. Um, because we got our copy in yesterday, our one copy, yeah. which Mike's going to take back tomorrow, I'm sure. Yeah. I started it again. So I got like halfway through uh, and I'm doing it through on Legendary. Um, it's good. Yeah. It's good. It's. I'm only playing single player. Obviously, I think the real meat in reach is when you yeah. take it online. I mean, we should probably put this in context and say that the multiplayer <laughs> is pretty immense. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Firefight is pretty immense and forge, forge world, world is, is just fantastic. even more immense yeah. than that so the the kind of multiplayer online side of things is the reason you buy halo reach yeah. because well <laughs> because the, it will the, keep you playing for years but also because the single player is perhaps not as good as it could have been yeah maybe well like i say i'm i'm only halfway through so i don't want to judge too much it's no, no. I certainly don't know. I, I think I think I think Mike certainly was more down on single player than I am right now. I think single player is great. Um, I don't think it's overly special compared to the other Halos. I think the first Halo is still the best single player single player game. Um, I probably enjoyed ODSTs a bit more. That's a bit controversial to say. Um, I was playing it, for example, last night. I was playing it on Legendary. Um, was in a warthog with some random Spartan in my back, which I'll get to in a moment, on the back of the warthog on the chain gun. Uh, and we parked on this ridge and there was uh, another warthog down below with two elites jumping in, jumping out, jumping in, jumping out, jumping in, jumping out, while Cat on the back was just plugging them with the, with the chain gun. Uh, Halo's always been known for having great AI, and it's still the case, apart from in some... Mm. certain circumstances where it's just dreadful um there have been cases where i've turned a corner and there's just been an elite kicking his feet on the ground not doing anything when i've been standing right in front of him do you think that's down him. to it just being a massive sandbox yeah i think it is to be honest i think there's so much there and, and the game's doing so much there's so many people and aliens on screen that it's almost inevitable that one or two are going to get through and because you play it so much and certainly on legendary you have to play for so long to get past every single area i think you're just going to encounter problems every now and then i think it's just you know part of the game it's same same with everything i mean everyone's had a dodgy bit in call of duty which is one of the most polished titles out there um like modern warfare modern warfare 2 where someone glitches through a wall it's just something that happens um that doesn't ruin the game um i really like stories in games and (laughs) 
reach well where they're needed i should say i don't i don't care about story for pac-man for instance uh reach's story is a bit disappointing i have read some of the books but that, they were, that was when they came out a few years ago i haven't read the new ones i read fall of reach but i can't remember it um i've always said i'm not the world's biggest halo fan but i like it i enjoy it i play the games do i know the ins and outs of the halo universe no i don't so the very least i would have wanted from reach is a you know coherent story i can get behind and understand i don't know who i'm with like noble team who are they don't know like there's some chick with an accent and halfway through i found out she had a robotic arm i don't know why well blown off in battle i guess there's, there's some of the most generic characters in noble team that i've ever encountered some random space marine bloke as the leader some big guy with a big gun is also there who talks a bit posh I don't know. I don't know who they are. I don't. I kind of know what we're doing. I, I kind of get some of the missions, the point of them. But f- for the most part, it just feels like you're dropped in a random set of battles. They're great, fun battles, but there isn't really any justification for them. Mm. Um, so I, I feel a little bit let down from that point of view. Um, I think Mike said it sort of. It, <clears throat> it kind of comes together towards the end, doesn't it? It might well do. I'm not there yet. So, but I mean, that's not really good enough, is it? I mean, it's not really good enough that it comes together at the end. No, I mean, you know, it's just. I, I guess you know, it, it's great, but yeah. so far it feels like it's the same Halo I've played before, only with prettier graphics. Mm. And you know, that's great. I just, I just thought, you know, what, what with it being Bungie's last Halo game, I wanted it to be more, perhaps. And, and I think it is more when you get to multiplayer. It absolutely is more. But single player, which is my number one thing whenever I play a game, I just really care about a single player first and foremost. That hasn't quite done it for me yet. No. Uh, but I'm still, you know, Halo not quite doing it for me is still better than almost every other game that comes out this year, mm. I'll be honest. Um, it's still a great, great, great game. Um, although, I'll tell you where I turned off and we started it on, on Legendary. Um, was halfway through a space mission and I was flying uh, yeah. a ship about. And that was cool. That was cool. Um, and then I got a cutscene, and they had another space space mission. I was like, "Yeah, I, no, I'm not too fussed yeah. about playing that anymore because it just went on too long." It's a funky diversion. I'm, I'm I get totally behind it, but yeah, they they drew that out far too long. I think Mike described it in his review as uh, as Halo Reach has just <laughs> delivered the best space combat <laughs> game on 360. It's really really dot, fun. Dot dot. But it just goes on too long. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why it couldn't just. Be, I, I I guess I guess it's because they spent so much time making it. It felt like a waste not to use it more. Mm. So maybe they just thought they'd get another mission out of it. But you don't play Halo to f- to fly a ship. No. You might play it to drive a warthog, but really you play it to shoot a plasma mm. rifle. Um. So yeah, it felt it felt just a bit too extended. But no, overall it, it it's great. It really is. But is it the game of yeah, it's what, 360? I don't think it is. So, is a one then for you. Is it... Are we slightly... I mean, obviously, you know, the, the, the multiplayer is immense, you know. But I'm like you. I, I like games, single-player games. Mm-hmm. I mean, not just because, because I live out in the sticks, my internet connection is a joke and I can't get on Xbox Live anyway. Yeah. But... I like single player games. I like I like to, to approach games. I guess with multiplayer, you're you're appro- you're you're um, involved in a game at the pace of whatever everyone out the sort of pace pe- other <laughs> people set. Whereas single player, you can approach at your own pace, yeah. kind of take in what you want. 
So with Bungie and, and Halo, we've had basically their last three games have been Halo 3 single player, which was... All right. Okay. Yeah, not bad. That had a bit of a... Bit of, I think Reach might be better than 3. I'm not yeah. sure. I'm a bit undecided. With ODST, which you liked, Mike also liked, yeah. but a lot of people didn't. Yeah, yeah. I, and I guess in, in defence of Bungie, it was probably not a game that they really wanted as a standalone project, but were kind of... Microsoft almost kind of, forced their yeah, hand. Yeah, forced their hand. And now we've had Reach yep. single player, which perhaps is not up to... To scratch. Are, are we seeing a little bit of a decline in their, their sort of campaign? Possibly. I think it might. part of it is just our expectations are perhaps too high. Um, I, like I say, they're, they're great, great single-player games. But each one of them you can look at and say, this is wrong. That doesn't work quite as well as it should. Do, do you I think wish they changed Do you this. think you were the same when you were playing Modern Warfare and Modern Warfare 2, for example? Modern Warfare 2 is a weird one because everyone online hated it and they were nuts to do so because the single player of Modern Warfare 2 was great. I don't care what people say when they say it was rubbish because it wasn't. It was I had so much fun playing Modern Warfare 2. Um, I, know, I don't know if it's because in Modern Warfare, Modern Warfare 2, you, it's very staged. Everything's really staged mm. in those games. Whereas it in, in Halos, it's kind of more freeform. Yeah. So you, you can make your own moments yeah. or you can't. And it depends on how you play it. Like, there was one level in, in Reach that, that I played and uh, I chatted to Mike about it. And he didn't really enjoy it. But I, I can't remember the exact context. But there was there was some kind of a cannon that I had to disable. And there were loads of Covenant around. And it was all kicking off. And it was on Heroic, so it was pretty tough still. And I... I got into an area and there was a warthog that was overturned on like a, a a bit of bridge that the sides had been broken off, so it was just standing in standing in the middle of nowhere. So I basically I threw a grenade over or I shot a rocket or something to blast the warthog off. I got in with my mate and then we just ploughed through all the covenant, parked in, drove into the cannon, parked in front of the bit that we needed to destroy, hopped out, lobbed some grenades, jumped back into the warthog, drove up the ramp, and then off the side as it exploded. And that's a great moment. And if yeah. you didn't do it that way, you wouldn't get that moment. Yeah. Whereas it's very hard to miss great moments in yeah. Infinity Ward's games. Yeah. So I think I think the different kettles of fish really. But um I don't know. I I still think the first Halo has the best. And it's not just because it was the first, it was the one that you know set it still. I think just the construction, the levels, the world. I just think it was the best Halo, to be mm. honest. It it didn't get bogged down in in trying to do too much like it was you're on halo that was it and yeah it had a duff level in the library that went on far far too long but at the same time you didn't have a crap like mission where you're going through a space uh, an alien spaceship that's all gloopy and it's falling apart and you didn't go through the ruins of a city that you went through level before but in reverse and i just wish that bungee i know bungee aren't doing it but i just wish that they or four three four perhaps um, three, three four, four three. three sorry getting totally confused would remake the first halo mm. with reach's engine because yeah. reach looks so much better than the other halos mm. it's untrue yeah playing uh, just the thought of playing halo with the new mechanics is just so exciting so that's halo then um 
on sale now. You, everyone out there's probably already got their copy. We'd definitely be interested to hear what you what you make of the single player, and, <laughs> and uh, I think the multiplayer being absolutely sensational is is you know probably a given. But uh, we yeah definitely like to hear what you make of the campaign. So another game we've been playing on the uh, on the both single player and multiplayer uh, this month, not Matt and I necessarily, but our our writers um, is Medal of Honor. Yes. Um, and I'm not sh- quite sure what we're allowed to say and what we're not allowed to Probably say. Not Probably not a lot. Probably not a lot. But um, I think what we what we can say with with a fair degree of confidence is that um, it's it's not the single player is well, it's not going to be a modern warfare beta, that's for sure. No, um, far far from it, in fact. But the multiplayer is. Really, really, really good. Yeah, we're hearing uh, extremely encouraging things from people who've played both that and Call of Duty. Um, I mean, we all knew that DICE were the people to beat when it comes to multiplayer. I mean, Battlefield, Bad Company 2. Like, you talk about bad single-player games, well, Halo Reach looks like friggin' uh, Half-Life 2 compared to Battlefield single-player, which was... Awful. Atrocious. It really was. Um but when you went into multiplayer, great, great game that Mike quite rightly holds up as one of his favourite multiplayer experiences full stop. Um, again, I've only played it a few times. I played it with Hoodie and he kept trying to stab me for an achievement. So, <laughs> so it wasn't brilliant. Uh, but even, even so, even though I've only played it a few times, it, it's fantastic. Um, and Medal of Honor's multiplayer we're hearing is, uh, is different. Yeah, it's not the same as Battlefield. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a stripped out, stripped out version of Battlefield. It doesn't really have any of the teamwork necessarily. Mm. I don't think, but uh, but it's still good. Yeah, it's, it's, still, it's still that dice quality. It really shows, and um, it's another interesting, you know, game where where single player is kind of secondary to multiplayer, mm. and. Um, I just wonder whether that's the way the industry's going. Do you, do you feel that's the way the industry's going? In a way. I mean, obviously stuff like Left 4 Dead is you know totally multiplayer mm. focused. You'll always have games where I think now there, there's so much potential for multiplayer and DLC maps. And I mean, think of the fortune that Activision must have got from those extra Modern yeah. Warfare maps. Yeah. Of course, it's going to be an attractive proposition for, for teams. And, and now that we're seeing... In Medal of Honor's case, you know, a separate developer working on multiplayer to single player. Mm. Um, yeah, I, th- I think it's going to happen a lot more, but don't don't think that it's the death of single player. Absolutely not. At least that's what I'm hoping. Uh, yeah. I, I, I can't imagine a situation where everything is just totally focused on multiplayer. It might be that most games have multiplayer aspects. I mean, even Dead Space. Look mm. at Dead Space 2. That has... And that's got a very good-looking multiplayer aspect, but um, I guess we've still got games like Dead Space, like Batman: Arkham City. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I fully Bioshock expect Infinite. to see. I fully expect to see some form of perhaps co-op in Batman. Yeah, I don't think it'll be in the campaign. I'm, I, I think it might be like in the challenge room or Splinter Cell style. There might be a bit of a side campaign with yeah. with Catwoman being a second player. I don't know. We we haven't found out yet. Um, but no, no single player is going to be around. Um, no matter what the naysayers say, but one great <sighs> single player palette. What's that? Castlevania. Oh, that's a nice segue. So, Cas- <laughs> Castlevania is 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 a game. I guess that we weren't. I mean, we were. We we didn't. Well, going back six months, we didn't really have any opinion on it. No. Um, we didn't. Really other than know, it looked cool. Other but... than it looked pretty nice, and um, and I mean, the developer Mercury Steam 
uh, did Clive Barker's Jericho, which was... I, I, I played Jericho more than most because I got right. all 1,000 points on it. I didn't enjoy it, no. if I'm honest. I mean, it was okay, but it wasn't it wasn't you know particularly special. No. So I mean, the developers you know had a game behind them which was it had a bit seventy percent yeah, all over which them. was a bit average, you know, average kind of above average. And we looked at the screenshots, we saw some footage of it, and it looked nice, and it looked nice, yeah. but we didn't really have any great expectations that it was gonna gonna rock our world. Uh, and then Mike saw it at Gamescom and came back and said, "This game's seriously good." Like really seriously good, and and suddenly we were we were pretty excited about Castlevania. So so last month we got review code in finally, and it's not just pretty good; it's absolutely staggeringly good. We're talking in the same way that last year Rocksteady broke into the big time with Batman and just delivered something out of nowhere. I don't know. I don't know if that's quite right, I mean, but it just was really. I mean, for, really for, was. for them as a studio was out of nowhere. I think we we kind of knew from previews, but as a studio it was like bam. This is this is us making a mark on the industry. I mean, that was is, last year. It is almost exactly the same as Rock this Steady. year. We've got Mercury Steam and Castlevania. Can we say in terms of score? Like, I, I don't think we can say specifics in terms of scores. But yeah. can we say about? Yeah, I mean, it's, it being the highest scoring game in our issue. Yeah, and that issue includes Halo Reach and FIFA and a few other games. Yeah, so it's you know that's a measure of just how good it is. I mean, yeah. it is really stupendously good don't don't expect like gta being no good no not in terms of G- scores we're not, but even so like, we're not talking like gears of war 2 necessarily good although well no actually no we're talking about the gears oh of really war. yeah it's got better gears too right and oh, okay. <laughs> we're, we're talking very 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 good um it's a great game and if you're not excited about it you absolutely should be the most staggering thing about it uh reading because matt castle reviewed it for us yeah. and uh most staggering thing about it was that it took him twenty five hours to complete. Yeah, it. and and contrary to what some people may believe on the on the net, Matt isn't bad at games. No. There's a nice running joke in Endgame that Matt's bad at games. He really isn't. Um, in fact, Rob Taylor, who's playing it right now, had to go and ask Matt what to do at a certain point because right, he yeah. was stuck. Um, it's huge. I mean, we were watching Rory and I think Andy on GM and PSM two respectively. They were playing it and they were playing it. A few days later and they were still playing it 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 doesn't do the old trick of playing through the same areas again and again with more monsters to you know to make it longer you're talking like a 25 hour game perhaps that doesn't reuse assets that takes place in all new areas you know spread across two discs not many 360 games are um and it's there's just so much to do. I think it's I think just Mike amazing. Des- Mike described it as 25 hours, but a lean 25 hours. It was like 25 hours of, you know... The just, there's no fat on there. No, there's absolutely no fat on it at all. And uh, it takes something like 10 hours to get to the first castle. <laughs> That's great because there are three in the game. Yeah. You know, that you can when you talk about the game to others, you can kind of break it down into thirds, say, I've done the first one, I've done the second or whatever. And I remember chatting to Matt He'd had it for a few days. Admittedly, he was doing other things in the evenings as well. And uh, he came in one morning because he always gave me the update. And uh, he's like, oh, I just, just did the second chapter. I'm like, all oh, right, so you're two thirds through. He's like, no, 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 chapter two of like 12 or whatever, or 14. I was like, oh, <laughs> I think it's 12 chapters it might be broken up into. But yeah, and, uh, you know, he took it away and just all weekend, just I think he must have done what I did when I reviewed Final Fantasy 13. Just literally shut the shut the doors, pulled the pants. curtains, <laughs> and just sat there with like some cold beans on toast, 
and the bucket. by the side. Just, yeah. <laughs> um, no, it's great. I just, I can't wait to play it myself. I really can't. It's just, I mean, it's just. There's a couple of amazing, amazing things about that. It's like we say, is the the fact that they've delivered this this game. You know, a mm. developer of no. No real note. No, um, absolutely not. And it's not Kojima. Like people are going to say it's Kojima. It's not. I mean, he had a big say on it, but I think Kojima's role was more to push it through. Yeah, push it through. Get the Castlevania name on there. Make it a licensed product. Mm. And you know, yeah, help out here and there. But it isn't great because Kojima worked on it. It it was great anyway. It's mm. just you've got the added bonus of it being a Castlevania game and having you know his name on there and a, a few tweaks from him. My worry for it is that um, not enough people out there are going to kind of know how good it is, yeah. you know, and, and I'm, I'm not even sure Konami know, knew how no. good it was, really. You know, I mean, it's, I don't think they did. I mean, they they have announced it really with little or no fanfare. I mean, mm. we've we got just review code just turned up one day and um, and, and, you know, I mean, there's not really been a ton of. I haven't really seen a ton no. of adverts. I haven't. Really Maybe seen... they'll pick up near a launch because yeah, it I comes mean, out start of October. Start of October. So there's a there's a bit of time, but I yeah. mean, even like we're about two weeks out from the release, and we're not seeing no. a ton of. We'll see. Publicity. Um, but ho- hopefully, you know, hopefully by us just talking about it, people out like there will go yeah. and give it a chance because it really is. Put fantastic. people at rest. Like if you, I think the worry with it being a Castlevania game is that if you are new to the series, if you don't really know about it, you might feel a bit intimidated approaching it. Don't worry, you don't need any prior knowledge of Castlevania to come into this and just find it brilliant. Mm. Uh, I think I think the real telling thing about how good it is was speaking to people who have played both Castlevania and God of War 3. And the majority of them flag Castlevania up as the better game. Right. Um, and that's not just some you know me coming out as an Xbox fanboy. We've said many times, Mike and I on the podcast and in the mag, we own PS3s, we own Wii's. We're mm. not interested in saying that our game is better than your game or anything. Castlevania is on both consoles. Good, so it should be, because the more people that play it, the better. It is fantastic. Mm. Um, and yeah, what a surprise. Who who would have thought when we looked at our review section last last issue, oh, yeah. we had Reach, we had Halo, we had um, Enslaved, which I can't talk about, but again, an astonishingly good game. Mm. Um, we had Dead Rising 2, and we had a whole bunch of other good reviews that Castlevania would be the best. Of course, Dead Rising 2 is at a... A pretty good start as well with Case Zero. <laughs> yeah, Case Zero. So uh, we got an email the other day from from our friends at Capcom saying that apparently it's the best-selling, like, first-week sales of any downloadable content. Like, not Ever. just XP. Yeah, apparently on, on for XBLA, it's the best-selling. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, I guess it must be the fact that it was pretty reasonably priced. 400 points is a, is a great price to go out. Like, if that was 800 points, you wouldn't be getting nearly as many figures but we're talking over 300,000 downloads in the first week which is I mean great stuff Capcom must be chuffed to bits for that because I mean again I mean Dead Rising was a little bit like um, Castlevania in the sense that Capcom ran a very strange campaign Mm. for for Dead Rising it was not really they didn't really ever ask for covers they didn't really ever that we once approached them for a cover yeah and it never and we were told they aren't doing covers, and then we were going to do the review cover, and then that got pulled for yeah. various reasons. And um, it's yeah, it was a very strange campaign, and it's it's it's. So I mean, my worry really with Dead Rising was that people wouldn't necessarily even know it was mm-hmm. coming, but 
I guess case zero is a good way to kind of Brilliant. flag it up. And and you're gonna see. In fact, I know of one company. I can't <laughs> absolutely sworn secrecy, but I know at least one other company is gonna do it. But I think you're gonna see a lot of people taking the um, like DLC before the game comes oh, out like approach. Prologue, yeah. And then yeah, the prologue approach, and then full game afterwards because it's done wonders for them. And I think, to be honest, providing that it is treated as a prologue. And it is completely separate from the main game. I don't have any problem with that. No. If you're talking about something that was going to be a demo that is then being you know, charged for, that's all kinds of wrong. Um, but if you're talking about content that doesn't appear in the game, that won't appear in the game, that's compl- and that isn't shaved off from the game, that isn't just cut from the game to turn it into a piece of you know paid XBLA content. If you've got a you know a little pocket of the team working on an XBLA game. It's great for punters because it means that they can play something new. They can maybe carry stats over into a game when it eventually comes out. It means that they can decide whether or not they want to buy the game. But it makes money for you know for the developers as well, especially you know in days where they need to recoup costs that they're losing to the second-hand market. Um, yeah, I think I I'm all for more case zero examples. I just hope that it's done in the right way. Mm. As soon as it becomes, you know, company X cutting a quarter of game y out and putting it on yeah uh, and i guess that is the danger because i mean we've we've already seen that with dlc yeah we've seen like unlock codes and stuff it's you couldn't really do it though for what they did with case zero because you need the game to download it's not like they're unlocking a bit on the disc because it comes out before the game automatically means that they have to make it you know make it all downloadable um we'll see we'll see we'll see how people treat it mm. ultimately it just depends on how the companies want to approach it um, and fingers crossed they'll all take you know the the path that Capcom took yeah so I referenced a couple of games earlier uh, Batman and uh, and Bioshock both games that mm-hmm. have just recently been announced I mean what's your what's your take on, on Bioshock Infinite uh, well funny enough I just finished Bioshock 2 at the weekend yeah <laughs> yeah it's been a long time coming but I sat down I finally finished it a divisive it. one yeah, um, and I, I just started the DLC. I haven't. I downloaded the Protector Trials, which is basically you put little sister down, you protect her for so long. Shat, don't bother. Right. Didn't like it at all. Downloaded the other piece of DLC, which is Minerva's Den, which is a whole new slice of single, single player content. I'm not too far into it, but so far it's great. It's just like more story, right? Different character, different area. Brilliant. Exactly what DLC should be. Um, as a single player game, it's it's still great. It, I mean, it's I don't think it's as good as Bioshock, but it has I would argue a moment that is far better than anything in Bioshock. There, there's one curveball level, shall we say, mm. that just blew me away. I was I just sat back and just the grin on my face when it was happening. It was fantastic. And I don't want to talk about it into too, in too many details because I don't want to spoil it for people who still want to play it. Um. The problem I have with Bioshock 2 single player is that there are too many splices. Mm. I said this to Mike and he he grinned and he said the exact same thing. But in fact, he looked on Twitter to find the post that he, he, he wrote about a while back. You clear an area in Bioshock. It's only a short game. At least it should only be a short game. But you clear an area in Bioshock 2. You go into like a side room. So say you've got a street. You clear the street. You go into a shop on the right-hand side, you go in there, you clear that out, you do all the bits in there, you unlock a room, you get all the goodies. You go back out into the street, there are more splices there. 
they respawned far too many splices into that game. If they could have halved the enemy count, I think it would have been a much more enjoyable game rather than mm. almost a slog at times. You feel like, oh, do I want to go explore? Because when I do and I come back, there's going to be more people to kill here. And I've already done that. I think that's one of the only faults I have of it. Mm. I think obviously it dropped down because it was the same world, but it's still a great world. Mm. I mean, you can't really complain about exploring Rapture for the second time when we played hundreds of World War Two games and we're playing yeah. hundreds of you know games with Space Marines. A second underwater city game, I don't really think they're pushing it there. I think the problem with it r- really was that Rapture wasn't perhaps a special second mm. time range, you know, and, and they. They couldn't really do a lot about that. No. Which is possibly the reason why, you know, Ken Levine and Irrational have taken it up in the sky. So, uh, n- not many people knew what what it was going to be. We kind of had uh, reason to believe it was another Bioshock. Um, but until the... I mean, to give you an example of how big this secret was, even 2KPR or certain 2KPRs weren't told about it Mm. like they were at the event the unveiling was it new york perhaps they were there with the journalists and they were finding out at the same time Mm. so it's not like certain outlets knew and certain didn't it was pretty much locked down almost nobody knew but but we had a little bit of an idea and we we almost certainly knew it was going to be bioshock i think all of us were like man we're done with bioshock you know we what can they bring that's new to the table? Well, I think we were, we, yeah, we were done with Rapture. Yeah, yeah, yeah ra- with Rapture. Um, it's a great, great world, but a third time, I think it wouldn't yeah. be pushing it. And yet they pour this world out of the bag, which has suddenly got everyone talking about Bioshock Infinite like they did the first Bioshock, mm. like it's a new dawn of games, as yeah. it were. Maybe that's a bit, you know, exaggerating, but I can't wait to explore that world. I think it's brilliant. It's something completely different. Mm. I just, just part of me wishes they didn't call it Bioshock. Yeah. Like they've got a system shock for, you know, the space station. They've got Bioshock for the underwater. Call it Aeroshock. Or as John Strike says, call it Flyoshock. Flyoshock. <laughs> I think Aeroshock is better. But then you've got like, you know, this is this yeah. shock, this is that shock. And then anything they do in the future, they can have a different shock and it can be almost there. You know, they're library. That's of you games. with your uh, with your um, fan, but, fanboys. But I know the marketing thing. Bioshock, Bioshock yeah. is an instant win, isn't it? Yeah, uh, it looks great. I mean, I, I, I mean, the handyman looks a bit pumpy too. Look at my giant fists. But then I think you know, like when Bioshock, the Bioshock one, when the the screenshots for that first first dropped, I remember looking at the screenshots thinking, "What? <laughs> I mean, the, the enemies are rubbish. Yeah, you know, the splices look." Dumpo, and they were really good but they were yeah. really good and creepy really creepy yeah. you know and uh and i think it would probably be the same with this one i mean what i like about irrational is that they're they're so um i mean who else would like take on a world like that you know like no. a world set in 19 whatever it's 12 or 20 what was it 1912 maybe something like you know and and add so much kind of like period detail and create this world that is so evocative and kind of representative of that time i mean you know no they they display they've got such balls you know to do stuff like that and i mean i suppose it's not so ballsy this time around because they've got um you know the the hit you know the bioshock behind them but bioshock one was such a ballsy game you know still not really seeing 
many other people taking the same leap. Like right. even now, you're not. I remember saying on this podcast that Bioshock was going to be great, but I was worried that no one would buy it because they just weren't sure about the world. Yeah. I'm glad people did. I'm glad I'm pr- it was proven wrong. Yeah. But um, but it was so unusual, you know. It was so at a time where we were getting World War Two shooters mm. and science fiction space marine shooters. Yeah, it was so different. And and again, you know, they've reinvented not reinvented the wheel, but they've rebooted, you know, the brand again Absolutely. into this sort of really beautiful kind of world. Mm. And and just reading, Mike did a massive feature on it, and the issue we've we've got going on sale at the end of September, and it really is a fantastic read. And and just the the stuff that the irrational are talking about, it really gets me excited about this game. Yeah, no, we, we can't wait. And the other one that you said, obviously, is Batman Arkham City, which um, well, the first game is the highest score I've ever given on Xbox World, mm. uh, and I totally stand by it. And I don't think you've got anyone arguing with it either. I no. mean. It was the game of last year. Anyone who questions that, I would, uh, you know, I'd. What would you just, do? I'd, uh, I'd set my rats on them. Set your rats on them. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that is, that is horrific. I know some people like to shout out for Uncharted Two for PS3, and yeah, it was a great game. But for me, I think Batman just edged it. Um, and as for the Assassins Two beating Batman, nah, it's nonsense. Nonsense. What's that all about? What? Assassin's oh, I remember at, at the end of of the year we did our game of the year. That Mike sent around all the to all our um, freelancers list your top five, and by one point, Assassins Two beat Batman. Oh right! But I argued that it was because Assassins Two was fresher in everyone's yeah. memories, and sure enough, like since then, since speaking to everyone, even Mike, who you know doesn't often go back on his word, he said, "Yeah, Batman's the better game." Mm. So yeah, Batman. We take back what we said at the start of the year. What Mike said at the start of the year, Batman is at our game of last year. What I like about, I mean, we're, again, we're not allowed to talk a whole turn about Arkham City, but what, what I like, what I've read from, from, uh, sorry, what Rocksteady have said is 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 really um, comforting in a way because mm. they've said, look, we got it right. Well, they're not. I'm paraphrasing here, but we got it right first time yeah. round, and we want to make bigger, better, more. What yeah. we don't want to do is reinvent the wheel. We don't want to change what works. And, and that's that's a good thing. I spoke to someone a day after it was announced, or a couple of days, and I said, oh, so I've seen that Arkham City stuff. They haven't changed a lot, have they? So I, I have one word, good. Yeah. I don't want them to. Uh, for me, there were two things that I think they could improve. One was the boss fights. Oh, the boss fights are awful. The other was the detective mode. Yeah, Make it, it was kind of underused, yeah. That was it. They they were literally my only two yeah. kind of faults with yeah, that I game. And, and I thought the rest of the game, just the, the quality, the world, the fighting, everything you did was so perfect. I'm going to use the word. It, it was perfect. It really was in many ways that those two faults became just less important than they mm. would in other games. Yeah. They really did. And to see what they're doing to every... They've got a list of improvements and every improvement that we've seen so far are they all needed no I wouldn't, I wouldn't say they were all needed but they're all for the better mm. I can't see one of those changes I think oh I'd rather they didn't like when Dead Space 2 was announced and they said we're bringing multiplayer everyone was like oh we don't want multiplayer sure enough now we see what that multiplayer is we're actually getting kind mm. of excited but so far nothing that we've heard about Arkham City is you know is filling us with dread <laughs> is it going to get 100% no no game gets 100% but 
I mean, we need to talk about benchmarks. The first game got 95. I mean, Arkham City, if they deliver on what they're setting out to, and I can't possibly imagine a situation where they don't because they've got all the tools and tech. Mm. And because they're not making too many changes, they aren't going to mix with the formula too much and mess mm. with it. I mean, geez, it, it's worrying. It, it's worrying to see how you know high up into that top five it can penetrate, but I'm sure it's going to be better than the first and that's just so exciting do you think it's going to penetrate the top five i think it'll penetrate it with ease um i don't know i could be wrong i mean it could it might not penetrate it it might not it might just you know fall down and just uh, get all a bit floppy yeah yeah, a bit of a floppy one we'll we'll see but i'm i'm utterly convinced that in 2011 the only game you need to really worry about is batman Mm, that's Um, big words when gears of war 3 is coming out yeah and bioshock infinite is it oh he's infinite 11 Oh, you, you make me worry now, Tim. And Dead Space, oh, Dead Space 2 is out next year. Oh, what well. I want readers out there to do is th- this time next year, at the end of, um, take it back. End of 2011, I, take it back. I want people to remind, write in and remind Matt of what he said. <laughs> Cheers, Tim. No, I, I forgot, of course, January is Dead Space 2 time, which um, I've already flagged up as being this generation's Resi 4. That's big words, Pat. That is big words. That is big words. That is very big words. That's big words. But I'm so, confident. Um, what the readers really want to know is is you've changed desks in the uh, Xbox <laughs> World Office. I have. And uh, how are you finding your new desk? I'll have to sit next to you, Tim. So, um, it's pretty good, isn't it? It's where all the cool kids sit. <laughs> I've become a cool kid. Um, I mean, there were various reasons, but I was basically sat by the big television originally across from you next to Gem and Strike, but I've now moved to your right hand. Some might say your right hand man now. Um, that makes Hoodie my left hand man. <laughs> and uh, no, it's, it's, it's very nice. I'm on, a, I'm on a PC. Well, I'm on a Mac now. So the PC that I was on doesn't give me grief every five minutes. I don't have to restart it twice a day because Outlook has died on me. Mm. Um, so I'm feeling calmer already. Um, we'll see what happens when some games are in the office. Yeah. Because before, it, it was great, I, I thought, because I could just sit back and watch a game. But I think, oh, maybe I shouldn't do that. Every game that's ever played in the office, just sit back, put my feet up and watch it. Yeah. So I hope I hope to get a few more words down on paper. And, of course, you finally watched Invasion USA. I did. I, I, I do apologise for having it on DVD for so many months. This, for, um, for readers unfamiliar, is is the mid-80s Chuck Norris classic where uh, the Soviet Union invades the US and I, it's I, Chuck Norris versus the Soviet Union. I wouldn't argue with your use of the word classic there either. It was great. I mean, everything from the cute little armadillo to the the, the brilliant, brilliant scene where the bad guys are, are firing like a rocket launcher that's acting like a machine gun. You don't, don't need to, to reload. reload like into, into a like, cul-de-sac. Yeah, into the cul-de-sac at Christmas. Like yeah. After the girls put the star on the tree and stuff. That's a great scene. Bang, bang, bang. like, we just need to underline just how evil this guy is. He's going to blow up this high school thought, of kids. I thought the best one, though, he goes to a, some drug deal, dealer's place and uh, he hands over like a, a briefcase of Coke or something. And this is a bad guy. Gets, yeah. And he gets uh, weapons in return, but just to underline that he's this guy is a cock. He uh, does he first he shoot the the guy he's done the deal with. He then so shoots him in the nads. Yeah. So there's a there's and, a guy there's a guy in there who he, he's done the deal with, and it, and the guy's missus or girlfriend or something. She's uh, she's in the the office as well. Snort, she's testing snorting, the coke, yeah. snorting coke off the off the desk, and so 
this guy gets he he, sma- he does it the old Joker in uh, Dark Knight and smashes the woman's <laughs> face down up through, she's, through the she's, straw. Through a straw she's using with the coke. So she's like ah ah ah, and there's all blood going yeah. coming down her face. And then he gets hold of the guy, picks his gun out, shoots him twice in the crotch. And then he gets hold of the woman who's already in immeasurable stuff, you know, immeasurable pain, and throws her out a plate glass window. They just through the window, smash yeah. to the street below, and then walks out. Yeah. Does he shoot a couple of guys on the way out? I think, I think he, he might. Does. Yeah. yeah, he does. Oh, yeah, I think he does. Yeah. Brilliant. He's, he's pretty evil, that guy, isn't he? He is, and yeah. uh, it's great. It just, it's a, it's like a genre I've not seen in a long, long time because those are the days when films didn't need plots. Yeah. There, there's some guy like shooting up civilians whatever and his bad army and then you've got chuck norris just out of nowhere just appears they have a fight go off you know somewhere else in the mall there are some bad guys chuck norris just turns up how does he find them nobody knows, nobody knows. <laughs> and it doesn't matter no, it does not matter one bit it's all about chuck with his what has he got twin oozies or something yeah, twin Uzis. attached to like yeah he's got like, like leather strap yeah brace kind of break almost like braces <laughs> brilliant and the tightest pair of jeans ever <laughs> And he's he's sporting this like he's rocking his beard de- denim shirt, but it's it's like a sleeveless shirt, and it's undone all the way down to his belt line, but it's tucked in, so <laughs> it's just like oh Norris. Anyway, uh, readers out out there, eighteen eighteen years and not old, older, obviously, uh, you should definitely check it out. Yeah, without a doubt. Why don't we have some questions then, Matt? Okay, I haven't proofed these, so we. We'll, we'll just these were we'll all, just go with it. These were Facebook questions, so thanks to everyone who um, who posted. Daniel Martin wants to know what's your view on supermarkets charging so little for games? Tesco selling Halo Reach for a very very cheap sec- uh, twenty twenty eight pounds. That's crazy. I, I didn't know that. That's, yeah, that's that's I thought I thought the funniest thing was um, last year. There's all the hoo ha about Activision setting the RRP for Modern Warfare Two is fifty. Was it fifty five quid or sixty? Fifty five. S- it was above 50, yeah, whatever it was. And yet, it was the... Because ch- we, didn't, we didn't get sent any. Cheers, Activision. We had to go buy our copies. Um, it was the cheapest launch game price I've ever paid. Like I went into Curry's, who price matched Morrison's, who were selling for 26 quid, I think it was. But Curry's had to beat them by 10%. So I got it for under £25 on launch day. That's unbelievable. I mean, you couldn't even buy... That was Modern Warfare 2. Modern Warfare that came out two years before was still selling for over 25 quid. That was still full price in shops. Um, I th- personally, I think it's great for the consumer. Um, how much the companies lose? I don't know. I mean, it's, does it, does it, is it just a ratio or are the, aren't the supermarkets eating into their own profit? They, they I think probably, they are. They probably are eating into their own profit, but they're banking on zillions of people buying a copy mm. and therefore making more money out of it i think who it affects are the publishers right it, um, so it does still cut down yeah i mean because well because the recommended retail price is 50 pounds mm. so you know if they're selling for what was it 28 quid 28. they're making 22 pounds less per copy now obviously that whole 50 pounds not all of that goes to the publisher no but who it really affects are the developers. You know, I mean, the developers get—I don't know what the percentages are—but you know, it gets filtered down through the publisher, who then filter it down through the developer, and they're obviously making mm. less money out of it. I mean, for someone like um, uh, Treyarch, it doesn't really matter that much because they're going to sell, yeah, yeah. sell a zillion copies anyway. But 
you know, for a for a, for a smaller developer, it really it really can really can hurt. The flip side, though, is that these these games need to get into the supermarkets yeah. in order to hit the hit the mass market. That's the, that's the brutal reality of it. It's a, it's the same in, in in any entertainment genre. And if you're not in the supermarkets, you're nowhere. As you know with your book, then. Yeah, exactly. You know, I know from bitter experience that uh, that supermarkets, you know, the the prices that they they charge your um are much less than the RRP, but without if you're not in the supermarkets, you know, you're just yeah. not you're not you're not hitting the the right no. people. Thing is though, um supermarkets charging low prices for games is much better than second hand games, obviously. At least developers and publishers still get a cut. Yeah. Where second hand games they don't register as sales, they don't register any money apart from the shop that's selling them. Um and is a far, far bigger problem in the industry than piracy. But yeah, absolutely. And to to underline your point, finally, I mean, ultimately, it's brilliant news for the punters. Yeah, you know, brilliant news for for us who you know as well who go out and buy games because we don't get sent them. Um, Jamie Jones wants to know with Jimmy's Vendetta DLC coming out for Mafia Two less than two weeks after the game was released, are we paying for content that could or should have been including on the included on the disc at launch? Yes. Uh, yeah, and um, I won't say where sources are coming from or anything but we're hearing that from people involved as well um, it's disappointing that really yeah. i mean it's you know it's it's disappointing when you see i mean we're not specifically singling out mafia 2 here because we don't know for sure but you know it, you know it's a possibility they're working on dlc at the same time as doing mm. um doing the game but you know I mean, Mafia 2 was, was a great game, but it did feel like a sandbox game yeah. that they'd taken out the extras for some purpose, yeah. that purpose obviously being DRC, and that's a shame. And I think yeah. when you see the sort of thing that Capcom have done with K-Zero, where it is a proper standalone game, you know, then it, it really does show you that it is possible to do DLC without sacrificing the yeah. you know, content in the main game. Um, Shane Bennett wants to know, uh, there are so many new IPs coming out later this year, uh, which ones are we excited about? Uh, I think Castlevania, obviously, would Castlevania be the main one. Castlevania is, is, is the standout one, yeah. I mean, Castlevania, you could argue, is not a new IP. Mm. Um, but it, it kind of, I mean... It's a reboot a for the series, play, yeah. you know. I mean, I think if you're talking about brand new IPs, you're talking about games like Vanquish and that sort of thing. Yeah. I mean, Vanquish will, will probably be pretty good. I'm not sure it's quite as good as we initially thought it might be, only after, because... The first play we had was amazing, and then as we've had more and more plays of it, it's been slightly less good. But I still think it'll be rocking, you know, really good. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I can't think what other new IPs coming out towards Christmas. Um, no, I can't either. apart from obviously Connect, you know, have yeah. lots of stuff on Connect. But right now, we don't know. No, we'll we'll, we'll save that for the next podcast. Barry Rim or Reem wants to know any chance of a Logoman update. Interesting thing happened. Was it last week, week before? A couple of weeks ago. Oh, the door came on. <laughs> we so in the gents on our floor, we've got two urinals and two cubicles. The door was pulled the off. The door was literally <laughs> pulled off. Of one hinges. of the cubicles. We can only imagine Logoman met his match. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what you've got to what you've got to do in that circumstance is you've got to take a, a little <laughs> step back and think what does it take for a man to rip a door off its hinges? I mean, we're, we're all grown men. You'd like to think we were all kind of yeah decent men as well. We're all working on on the same floor together. We have to see each other every day. But one of us 
has gone in there and ripped the door off, unless it's one of the cleaners or someone from. I mean, a I guess it's yeah. I mean, I guess it's a, there's a couple of possibilities. I mean, one is that it may be, may have been loose. The other possibility is that Loggerman went in there and delivered such an H bomb in there that he literally ripped the door from its hinges. <laughs> I mean, oh dear, that is that is a possibility. I don't want to. I have to say, aside from that, there's not been too many. No, it's it's. He's it's been pretty down. quiet. He's been pretty quiet. I think I think maybe the lack of door scared him because yeah. there'd only be one cubicle then, and then, see, I still think. I had a theory. I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast, but I had a theory whereby <laughs> we were seeing evidence that suggested he wasn't cleaning up, cleaning up, mm. so that he'd do his business in one cubicle, run around to the other cubicle, and it was free, and then clean up. Right. And that way he could get away. He'd he'd be clean, <laughs> but he'd still leave the present for everyone to right, see. Okay. But without a door. You couldn't do that. No, that's a decent theory. There you go, that's my theory. There is a new uh, development in the toilets that I've noticed <laughs> over the past couple of weeks. Is this the soap dispenser? No, 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 no. That was I talked about that on the last podcast. No, this is a new development where if someone's having a massive job in the in the next cubicle and you're in you're in the because we've got two cubicles in the next cubicle and you're having a, a little cheeky wee. If they flush the toilet in the cubicle oh, that's next not, to that's not a new development. That's always happened. If you, the, the water in your one rises. The water in your one rises, but loads of little <laughs> bits of yeah. shat come out, out of the U-bend. It's horrible. So it makes it look like you've done it <laughs> and you haven't flushed properly. No, it's horrible. And uh, no, that's not new, sadly. Oh. I've, I've encountered I've that before. I've not noticed it before. Hor- horrible stuff. Um Jim K says, great Metal Gear article back in the last mag. That was Mike, obviously. Um, any early opinion on Metal Gear Rising? You haven't no, seen it yet? it's been a bit quiet, actually. Um, in fact, I imagine it. we, we may see some something at TGS. TGS. Yeah. We may see something at TGS. Um, but, but yeah, it's been pretty quiet for a while. On a side note, he says we should also bring back Room 101. We might do that in the oh, future. Oh, yeah, that's Maybe good, the next good podcast. plan. That yeah, good. yeah. Um, uh, Dave Bishop wants to know if there's any update on the pun war. I think I won that, didn't I? I don't think you did, <laughs> Pallet. No, because you, if you remember rightly, um, last issue and the issue we've just sent, um, you had one of the weakest puns I've ever, ever seen in any uh, anything you've ever read. What? Which one was it? I, I think it was in Assassin's Creed. It was a box-out title. It was so weak and random, just was, completely oh, random. Oh, it was Akbar no, yeah, it was about setting up traps so you can you can draw people into into traps and then have your uh, <laughs> have your assassin mates come and kill them. And the, the header was <laughs> Admiral. No, it wasn't. It was Assassin Akbar, which is absolutely <laughs> rubbish. That's not a pun, but it's such. rubbish. It's absolute rubbish. I so know. I had to I had to step in and deliver the goods on that one. I admit your replacement was was all right, but I know for Akbar fans out there, that was a yeah. For all those him. Admiral Akbar fans, it's going to be a brilliant one. How about the two that I suggested you put on the cover, Tim? What happened to those? One of them made it. One of them was genuinely pretty good. Yeah. What shock and saw? Shock and saw was good. The other one. The, the other, other one, one was, was brilliant. It was. was it, it also made it on. <laughs> Freaking earwig. <laughs> it was great. So it was. Shall I spoil it? Shall we? Yeah, let that's people? fine. Yeah. So it was Dead Rising two. It was a picture of. Two people playing co- that's important. Two people playing co-op, and lots of zombies on screen. And the pun was, two's chompany. 
It works. It wo- Text, it works. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Oh, no, no. Sorry, it doesn't. It's an absolute disaster. Whatever, Tim. Whatever. Um, right, I'm dropping. Oh, off. dropped all the questions. Uh, David Eves wants to know, do we think Elder Scrolls V is likely to come out this gen? Lack of info makes my soul unhappy. Surely. Yeah, I would, have, I would have thought so. Almost certainly it will. Yeah. yeah. Fingers crossed next year. Yeah, I um, think there might th- be. A- there was... I mean, we, we know Bethesda's working on something, like the called Bethesda team, while New Vegas has been done at Obsidian. Yeah. We know they're doing something. They've even said recently, I can't remember if it was a tweet or something, Mike picked it up the other day, that they were talking about the next project they're working on, mm. which suggests they're going to roll out something soon. But I, I, think it'll we'll be, I think it'll be Elder Scrolls, because I just think that they've, they've, handed, the, the, they've handed Fallout yeah. to, uh, to Obsidian. Uh, they haven't done any, they haven't delivered any game from their internal studio since uh, Fallout 3. It's got to be Elder Scrolls bit 5. Bit mortgage on it. Um, interestingly, I found uh, last night there's a great little um, Elder Scrolls 4 uh, mod, as it were, for, for PC. Free to download. It's pretty much a new game for it. Um, although I've forgotten what it's called, which doesn't help a lot of people. But n- 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 it begins with N. We know that much. Never the ba 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 and it's basically a new world, new characters, new single-player campaign, the works. Um, so, yeah. The only really good. it's only on PC. It's only on PC, yeah. sadly. But uh, for PC owners, great stuff. And um, that's pretty much it. One last question from Anthony Fleming. He wants to know, um, you know, some mags are now going online as well, mm. and iPods and iPad and whatnot. Are there any plans for Xbox World to go that way? Yeah, I mean, I, I can't. It sounds like a bit of a cop out, but um, but to be honest, all that kind of development is not done on the magazine. You know, it's done kind of centrally. And I know that some of the future magazines are up on uh, on uh, iTunes now um, in in the form of a, a magazine. You know, uh, for iPad, uh, and I think I think it will will definitely go that way. Um, when that is, I don't know um i know that i've read that question actually from anthony and i know he's from australia and that would certainly make it a lot um a lot easier for for our australian readers i'm sure and maybe a few uh, british readers as well but um but for the time being in the immediate future i i, I can't see it coming but um but certainly uh, that all that'll happen uh, in in the lo- in the long term good stuff so thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed our uh, our two-man show. Um, do write in with all your questions at uh, xbw@futurenet.com or you can, of course, post on our Facebook page or on Twitter. Or you can go the old-fashioned way, our original way, which is on the forum. Um, the forum's been a bit quiet lately, but we'd love to, uh, love to hear it's from you. It's just got there. a refresh. It's just um, CBG have totally gutted out and redone the forums. Cool. They're much nicer to use now. Good. So get on there and, and, and ask us anything you want. We'll uh, We'll try and respond to it. So uh, thanks for listening. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye.